Welcome back, everyone, to the Practicology Podcast, where we are all about bridging the gap between Scripture and everyday life, because the Bible belongs not only beside the stack of commentaries, but also next to that pile of dirty dishes. Well, we're back in Psalm 103. This is our fifth and final episode covering this beautiful psalm. And this also brings to conclusion our first ever August Summer Challenge, which is to memorize this psalm. And we really hope that many of you have uh, just taken on this challenge and memorized these verses. This week was a short one because you only had two verses to do. And hopefully if you got a little behind, you had some space there to catch up. Yeah, and a couple people have been telling me how much easier it is to do memorization in our youth. That doesn't mean if you're older that you shouldn't try as well, but an older sister, I think I can call her an older sister. I hope she's not offended at that. She was just telling me how she learned Psalm 103 in her youth, and now as she comes back to it many years later, it's just been a refresher for her, not too hard, whereas she was trying to memorize another passage with grandchildren recently in First John, and she found that exceedingly difficult. It wasn't a passage that she'd committed to memory previously, but Psalm 103 has stuck with her, and I'm sure it will stick with you too if you get it into your mind now as I am also trying to do. Let me just go over these few verses. I'm going to start back at verse number 20, 20 to 22 in Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Wonderful. Uh, So Matthew, after our last few episodes, I feel like I haven't really left you much of this psalm to work with. Is there anything here that you can talk about for 15 or 20 minutes? I know that you know there is, Mike. One of the things that encourages me in Bible study is that man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of God. I'm not pretending I've personally gained immense insight from every single line in my Bible, but I know there is spiritual treasure that is sometimes only yielded when we dig a little deeper, meditate a little longer, and all scripture is breathed out by God. And there is meaning in every scripture. And the Psalms are a testimony to this. The shortest Psalm, Psalm 117, You might be tempted to say the shortest chapter, but it's not a chapter. It's a psalm. But Psalm 117 has only two verses. And you might think, does that really add anything to Scripture? Was the two-verse psalm necessary? But when the Apostle Paul is quoting a series of Old Testament texts in Romans 15 to support his argument that the Gentiles should be included in gospel mission, he quotes Psalm 117. Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples extol him. So yes, only two or three verses to consider today, but there is still food for our souls, instruction for our minds, and a couple of practical lessons for our Christian walk. Great. Well, tell us what you've been gleaning, Matthew. What I am learning, Mike, is that these verses are teaching us how to get out of ourselves. Wow, like an out-of-body experience? Matthew, you've been reading some new kinds of commentaries, haven't you? Oh, yeah, it's been a pretty wild week here in my basement office, Mike, but just give me a minute to explain that title. Back in episode 29, The Wonder of Having God as Our Father, you gave us a broad outline of the psalm and pointed out a progression, and expansion in David's thinking through the psalm. In the opening five verses, David is talking to himself and telling himself to praise the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Then he broadens his address to the believing community. In verses 6 to 19, he made known his acts to the people of Israel. He's no longer speaking of just me and my. He says at verse 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. 
Now in verses 20 to 22, his audience has expanded again. The angels are included. Then in verse 22, all of creation, bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. So that progression of thought through the psalm is a healthy one and perfectly reasonable for someone who's truly enjoying the Lord and his goodness. Someone like that will start to see that they are part of a big program. And this program is all about God's stupendous, life-altering, magnificent glory that permeates the universe and that ultimately, in the words of 1 Corinthians 15, God will be all in all. The universe is a big place, brothers and sisters, and God is even bigger. And sometimes we need to get out of ourselves. We need to remember, I'm not the only one in the universe. I'm not the only one in this church. I'm not the only one in this relationship. I am one member in it. I'm a small part of something bigger. And it's my privilege to join with others in the praise of God. Amen. This is great, Matthew. If this is the kind of uh, getting out of ourselves that you're talking about, I'm all game to, to listen more um, because I find that I get stuck in myself sometimes. And it, it's liberating to get pulled out of myself into God's great big world. But Matthew, uh, just one question comes to mind. How does this jive with what we were both saying in previous episodes earlier in this psalm about how our dignity flows from realizing we are individually loved by God? Well, that was a true statement, and it still is. Uh, that's what makes you special, Mike. That's what makes me special too. It's also what makes everyone else special. So on the one hand, hey, it's essential for us to know the truth of Galatians 2.20. The son of God loved me and gave himself for me. And at the same time, I think when I appreciate that and I become part of God's new creation in Christ, where Jesus Christ is all in all, Colossians 3.11, I learn I am part of a group of other people who have realized the same thing. And here at the end of this psalm, not only am I united with a community of people who praise the Lord, I am in harmony with the rest of creation that is also praising the Lord. All right. So, Matthew, are you saying that a lesson we can learn from these last few verses is this, that, that when these verses are seen in the context of the whole psalm, they are a reminder to us that worship is not just about me? You have perceptively extrapolated that. Thank you, Mike. That is one lesson. Good to see the context. Worship is not just about me. In fact, nothing is just about me. And the evil tendency of our flesh is to think it is all about me. I love how Martin Luther described this tendency in his lectures on Romans about 500 years ago. He said, due to the corruption of sin, our nature is so deeply curved in on itself. That's a neat word picture. Our, nat our nature is so deeply curved in on itself that it wickedly seeks all things, even God, for its own sake. That's our problem. Our first parents looked at a tree that God told them not to eat from, and they thought of what they could get from it and what it could do for them, and they failed to trust God in providing good for them. That's the amazing thing about how life works under our benevolent, magnanimous creator. When we focus on his glory instead of our own, we find our joy. When we focus on ourselves, we lose out. If you want to corrupt a church and contaminate your own soul, Think strictly about what you can get out of it, how you can achieve more prominence. If you want to enrich your worship, 
think about how great God is and how much he is worthy of praise from your lips and from the lips of everyone around you. Verse 20, bless the Lord. Verse 21, bless the Lord. Verse 22, bless the Lord times two. Yeah, and verse 20 is interesting because David is actually giving some instruction to the angels. Bless the Lord, O you as angels, you mighty ones who do his word. Yeah, I think that's awesome. First Corinthians 6 says we'll be judging angels in the kingdom to come, but already David is calling out the angels and telling them to bless the Lord. When Jim Flanagan considers these verses in his commentary on the Psalms, he references the previous verse, verse 19, the Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. And he points out, he calls it, this is unlimited dominion. I love that phrase. And if the Lord has unlimited dominion, then it is only right that these mighty celestial beings, the Lord's constant attendance and glory, should also be called on to praise him. And these angels are good examples for us, brothers and sisters. Notice the troika of descriptions to summarize their devotion to the one who is the head of all rule and authority. They do the Lord's word. They obey the voice of his word. They do his will. So sometimes we teach angels, like in 1 Corinthians 11 and Ephesians 3, but we can also learn from them too. They teach us. They teach us in their commitment to carry out God's will. And Matthew, that title you grabbed there, the head of all rule and authority, that's not something we've read from Psalm 103. You've taken that from Colossians, correct? Correct. Remember, part of the false teaching going around Colossae was that the Christ was part of the created order, an angelic creature himself. And while there are Old Testament references to the angel of the Lord that must refer to pre-incarnate deity, that's a study for another episode, Colossians makes clear that Jesus Christ is the creator of the angels, thus he is their head. And in the language of Hebrews 1, quoting from the Old Testament, all the angels are to worship Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So Jesus is Jehovah, Yahweh, the Lord God. Yes, that's awesome. And that has been an awesome, life-changing understanding for many. I'm thinking of Romans 10, verse 9. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that's the name for Yahweh there, that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So I agree that it's always worthwhile to point out what Scripture is clearly saying. Jesus Christ himself is Yahweh, the Lord whose throne is established in the heavens, whose kingdom rules over all. Amen. And thinking more about that universal dominion I mentioned a few minutes ago, look at verse 22. Bless the Lord all his works in all places of his dominion. Actually, Mike, I just learned from the writings of John Stott that this psalm forms the background to a fairly famous hymn written by Henry Francis Light. Okay, I'm going to go off topic for a minute here, everybody, but I got to tell you the story about Henry Light. He was educated at Trinity College in Dublin, planned to be a doctor, but instead became a Church of England minister. But he wasn't actually a genuine Christian. Another minister was dying and asked Henry Light to come visit him. And Henry sat at the bedside of that dying man and read through some scriptures with him. He was reading from the epistles of Paul. And as he read to him, both of those members of the clergy trusted Christ and were saved. What a great story. And he wrote the famous hymn, Abide With Me. And he also wrote this hymn that is number 438 in the Believer's Hymn Book that many of us use. Praise my soul, the King of heaven. Listen to the last verse reflecting on the end of Psalm 103. Angels help us to adore him. Ye behold him face to face. Sun and moon bow down before him. Dwellers all in time and space. Praise him, praise him. Praise with us 
the God of grace. Well, what Henry Francis Light is doing, what David, the co-author of the inspired Psalm is doing is calling on creation to praise the God of grace with us. Part of getting out of ourselves is realizing we are part of something much bigger. Sometimes that curved in on ourselves tendency leads to self-centeredness and self-assertiveness. Sometimes it produces self-pity or a discouragement from our seemingly paltry, piddling circumstances. Brothers and sisters, you need to get out of yourselves. Remember that the work of Christ will yet impact all of creation. Just as all things were created for him, Colossians 1, so God will reconcile all things, whether on earth or in heaven, to himself through the blood of Christ's cross. And if you have trusted Christ, you'll be part of that coming kingdom. But even while we wait for the day of our manifestation and glory with Christ, which is when this fallen creation will be released from its groaning, even now while we wait for that, we are joining in with a creation that already testifies to the glory of God. I like what Tim Keller says writing on this psalm. He says, the psalmist realizes a oneness with creation that he never imagined possible, for he sees what all nature is doing, rejoicing in God. All nature is already singing to God and to one another, and David takes up his unique part in the greatest chorus and symphony of all. Faith in the gospel enables you to hear and join in the music. Wow. So Matthew, I'm hearing from you that one of the ways for me to get out of myself is to get out of my house. Uh, maybe you, Matthew, you should head out to Peggy's Cove and listen to the ocean waves crashing against the rocks. Maybe I could, I don't know, go outside and stare at a sunset across the vast prairie grassland. Maybe our listeners should go for a walk and listen to the birds singing. Yes, and I love the encouragement to go to Peggy's Cove. This, here's a, the practicality of the Psalms theology for our listeners today. Go for a walk. See God's eternal power displayed in nature. And yes, listen to the birds. I confess it took me a little too long in life to really appreciate the beauty and wonder of nature. I apologize. I sinned in that ignorant smallness of my brain but I'm enjoying it now. The variety of song and the few birds that I hear right around my house blows my mind. You know, Mike, I knew of people not far from me who had cardinals at their bird feeders, and I wanted to see those beautiful red birds at my bird feeder. And I tried different types of seed for years. I couldn't get them. I could hear their God-glorifying song in the neighborhood, but still didn't get them to my feeder until, until COVID came in the spring of 2020. And we were under a partial lockdown and it was a little bit discouraging. And God sent a pair of cardinals to my bird feeder on a regular basis. Hmm. When March 2021 rolled around, they hadn't come back, it seemed. And not because of that, but for other reasons and stresses. I was feeling very down one day. I was laying on my couch in our living room and I prayed, Lord, send me the cardinal. I waited a few minutes. I wanted to give the Lord a few minutes. I waited a few minutes. I went to the patio window looking out to my backyard and no cardinal. A few days later, we got a late winter light snowfall. And I looked out my bedroom window and with the fresh white snowfall sitting heavy on the dark green branches of an evergreen, seeing a bright red cardinal at my feeder looked even more glorious with that snowy background than it would have looked on that bleak gray landscape a few days earlier. And I thank God for sending that cardinal just at that time. And the Cardinals have been visiting us all spring and summer, and my daughter and I whistle their song with them, and I am blessing the Lord with all his works in all places of his dominion. 
John Stott, who was an extremely avid bird watcher himself, he references Psalm 111 verse 2, great are the works of the Lord studied by all who delight in them. In light of that, he says that nature study and Bible study should go together. Many Christians, he says, have a good doctrine of redemption, but we need a better doctrine of creation. So that's a good reminder to us as we wrap up Psalm 103, which finishes with, Bless the Lord, O my soul. I would encourage our listeners to dip into Psalm 104, which begins with, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and continues to extol God's wonders among the birds of the heavens and other aspects of nature. Yeah, you better stop there, Matthew. You might be spoiling next year's summer challenge for all I know, but thank you. You have exceeded my expectations. I really enjoyed your thoughts on these last few verses in the psalm and really enjoyed looking at this psalm together with all of you who are memorizing it with us. As you spoke, Matthew, I couldn't help but think of a quote I once heard from someone. I think he was mentioning this in, in context of our some of our battles against pornography. He was saying it was worship that got you into this mess and it's worship that will get you out. And I just want to finish by applying that quote to this issue of us getting stuck in ourselves, our need to get out of ourselves. Well, it's worship that got us into this mess, right? It's our own self-worship that gets us into this mess, but it's the worship of our great and mighty, awesome God that will take us out. Thank you for helping us to, to get out, Matthew, and, and to bring us into these ever-increasing ripples of Psalm 103, starting with myself and my own relationship with the Lord, taking us into the believing community and all God's blessings for his people, and then out into his works, into his universe, into even his servants, the angels. What a horizon-broadening psalm. Just a word to those of you who are memorizing. Hopefully you have now finished. Please remember to send us an email at info at practicology podcast.com. Let us know that you finished it and give us your address so that we can send you your reward. And I would encourage you also to maybe schedule a time once a week or once a month. Just review this so that it will stay with you for the rest of your life. And hey, we'd love to hear your own thoughts from Psalm 103 as well. If you want to chime in, whether on Instagram or Twitter or our Facebook page at the Practicology Podcast. That would be appreciated and share some things that you have also enjoyed from this song. Thank you, everyone, for engaging in this with us, and we pray the Lord's blessing upon you. Yes, take care, everyone. The Lord bless you. Mm-hmm.